Welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational program. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. Well, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. I am so glad you're here. I'm Kimberly Selden. This is Business of Design. In fact, it's Business of Design, episode 315, and we have a repeat guest, Portia Williams. Today, we're going to be talking about that client intake experience. You know, if you want ideal clients, if you want better projects, that intake experience has to match what you are projecting is going to be your entire experience. Does that make sense? If there's a disconnect between what you say you provide, which is maybe a full service or turnkey or don't lift a finger, white glove experience, whatever it is that you call it. If the client intake experience doesn't match that level of superiority that you are talking about, that client is not going to buy in. Bottom line. An elevated, streamlined intake experience is the first part of the client experience. In fact, I would say And this cannot be backed up by any science. This is just me after working with so many of you that you probably have a 75% greater chance of landing that great client if your client intake experience is improved. And it's so simple to do that. Like this is really one of those steps where you just follow the bouncing ball. And I've shared a thousand stories with you all about my early days as a design professional, answering my own phone as I'm driving to pick up my son from soccer And I'm trying to squeeze it all in and I need to stop because I have to have a coffee from Starbucks. And so I'm trying to keep the client engaged and answer their questions while ordering my tall cappuccino, extra shot, extra hot, you know, and trying to sound professional. And it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So spoiler alert, the first thing we're going to talk about is why you should not be answering your own phone. And I would say that that is true for 98.4% of you. I'm all about the math today. You may remember, Portia, from a previous episode where we talked about gifting, and I have since implemented her strategies for gifting my clients. So I'll let you know how it goes because I think it's one of those things you have to kind of invest in that process for about a year and see how it works. But I'm very excited to bring some monogrammed items to a client reveal that we're going to be doing in April. Portia and the Prototype are business of design partners, which means we've vetted them. We know that our BOD members and our BOD boss members love working with Portia and her team. And therefore, we can confidently say this is someone you should get to know. And you can do that by going to theprototype.net or following them on Instagram at theprototypelifestyle. Or just go to business of design. You know, the show notes are there and all this good information There's so many juicy tidbits in the show notes. For example, everybody's design intervention. If you're not in the habit of listening to the end of the show, I'm like crushed. 
because I really think you should. We don't like organize the best bits up front and then leave nothing at the end. But that bit of wisdom at the end sometimes is my favorite part of the episode. And those are always listed in the show notes, those design interventions. I'm going to turn things over to Cheryl Horn for announcements, and then we will jump right into the show. Thanks, Kimberly. Well, since you're already talking with Portia today and done this great introduction for her, let's start there. Um, Next week, Wednesday, March 22nd, is our next BOD Live member meeting. And Portia and a couple members of her team from the prototype are going to be joining me on that call. So if you have questions about the intake process or specifically what it looks like to outsource that critical service, please join us. They're going to answer any questions that you have. They'll explain a little bit about what they do, but they're also going to provide some great advice if you already have if you're already working with somebody who does this process for you or you are still at a point where you're answering your own phone. That's okay too. You're still going to walk away with valuable uh, information there, but I do get asked a lot about how to find somebody to outsource this service to and uh, you know we're, we're constantly asked for that referral so we're so excited to have uh, found Portia and been able to partner with her in that capacity so if you want to learn more uh, please join us I know I had some inquiries after the last time she was on with Kimberly about gifting so we can certainly save time if you've got questions for that as well uh, but please join us uh, it is exclusive to our members. If you're not yet a member, you've got lots of time to sign up. Uh, Before then, head to businessofdesign.com. And the other big one that I kind of want to announce today, uh, BOD Boss. Uh, We are launching another group this year. And after a very successful uh, two-day BOD 15 seminar that Kimberly just did last week uh, in Australia, we Uh, we're starting a group. We're going to have a BOD boss group that's exclusive to Australia. So we have so many members in Australia. Um, We really are, you know, business of design members really are around the world. And uh, next to Canada and the US, we have uh, our highest membership in Australia. So we're excited to help those members take it to the next level and connect them in a boss group. So if you are interested, the information on the website, the application, it's all the same for this group as our regular one. So please complete that application. Let us know if you're interested. If you've got questions, reach out to me. And uh, we're so excited. We hope you can join us. And now I will hand things back over to Kimberly. Thanks so much. Portia, great to see you again. Thank you so much for having me, Kimberly. Oh, I was looking forward to the conversation. Last time we spoke, I think it was back in November. And we talked about gifting and I had like my whole mind blown with how uh, robust and intricate that whole process is. And uh, this time we're talking about a process I feel is more in my wheelhouse anyway, which is the intake process. Although I haven't done my own intake in a long time. You are going to talk to us about how your company got started helping interior designers manage that intake process and what we need to know to succeed at this really important moment where we turn that caller we don't know into a client forever. Yes. Um, So thank you again for having me. Um, It's been such a pleasure to work with the business of design community. And I was first introduced to you through our first interior design client, uh, Juliana from Beyond Interior Design. She is and something, isn't she? She's so special. She is, 
amazing. She's amazing, amazing woman, um, business owner, mother. She's just, she's just awesome. And I'm super fortunate to um, have the opportunity to work with her for several years now. Um, but one of, when I first started working with her, we talked about client intake and she actually sent me an episode from business of design podcast, uh, featuring I and that is really how it started. Um, we, I listened to that episode and having a sales and customer service background and luxury environment in my past, it felt natural. Um, but there were some things that I, some insights that I gained from listening to that episode that we've really just taken and, and ran with. And um, it's really helped us to create our our own approach to client intake. And it really, um, it's, it's an important part of the client experience. There's the intake side and then there's client experience overall and having an, an effective, streamlined, elevated, consistent intake experience really helps the client experience overall. So I'm excited to share more about that. Well, there is no client experience if you don't get that right. I mean, this is where mm-hmm. it lives or dies right here. So as you say, it's so critically important. Can you speak generally to where maybe a lot of designers fall short in the intake process? What's been your experience? Well, I think um, it it comes from, it makes sense to to outsource this piece of the business for a few reasons. One, it helps create boundaries between the principal designer and the clients from the beginning, which is important in establishing a mutually respectful partnership between uh, the, the, the designer and the client. And it helps to kind of level set, level set expectations from the beginning, which diminishes any friction down the road because you're working with clients for a long period of time. Um, also, I think prospective clients really take comfort in knowing that a designer has a support system in their business. Um, it creates credibility to know that everything is not on the designer's shoulders from design to administrative things. And so um, it really helps to solidify your how, how the client views you as a designer. Um, and then I think the most important thing is that it's not an effective use of the designer's time. Um, if the expectations for ideal clients and ideal projects can be clearly communicated uh, to someone else, then the designer can really focus on the tasks that require their expertise, like design, like doing the design and building the business. And so, um, you know, when designers are, are taking care of the client intake on their own, oftentimes they can be distracted because they're trying to run a business, right? Um, they may be taking calls and times where it's, um, where it's not a quiet background or where they're not seated and focused. Um, they may kind of overshare during that discovery call <laughs> and like take themselves out of even working with the client. Um, oh my and, gosh, it's so funny. It's like, you know us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's because design is your passion, right? So as questions come up and people are always going to want to ask questions, 
especially when there is describing the scope of their project, as those questions come up, we as non-designers, there are certain things that we can't answer. And so it's really, it's our goal is to get them in front of you as the designer. And so there are certain things that we just can't answer and, and we default to, you know, the designer can take care of that or she can answer that during the consultation. That's the value of the consultation is being able to have those longer conversations about their particular project. And so, um, it, it, it provides a more professional first impression for clients and, Myself and my team, we have an understanding of how to do that properly and, you know, and do it in a professional way to where we're only focused on this particular discovery call for this designer in this moment. So there aren't outside distractions. We can take their, we, we take their consultation payments and we do the scheduling at that time during that phone call. So it's a very kind of systemized process and it's very efficient. And we, we feel that designers really benefit from that. Well, that's a really thorough answer. And you obviously know us very well. I said, where do most designers fall short? And the bottom line is answering that phone yourself, right? And we meet mm-hmm. so many designers through business of design who say, I want to do luxury clients. I want to do $5 million homes. And yet they're answering mm-hmm. the phone. And I think if I have a $5 million project, I'm not going to hire someone who's all by herself, exhausted. Yeah, you expect with a kid them the to have support. Yes, exactly, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, this is one of the, I say all the time, if I could go back in time and start over, the very first thing I would have done is mm-hmm. hire an intake person before I had anybody on my team. That is the number one priority. So I also know that, what you said about oversharing can be so true. In an effort to be helpful and to appear intelligent, I may say the very thing that the client uh, reacts negatively to, only I can't see her face. I can't see his face. Therefore, I don't have an opportunity to say, okay, I can see that landed wrong. Let's talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that phone call has one purpose, sell that consultation. That's it. Because once I get to the consultation, then I then I can decide if I want that job. I'm not sure if I want that job when I first knock on the door, right? Yes. And, you know, there are part of what we do also is really screening and and really having a really great idea of if that client's project will be a good fit for the firm. So it's information gathering about, you know, the scope of work and the implications of why they're deciding to pursue a design project at this time. But it's also the education piece, educating them on ideal projects for the firm, educating them on the process, um, the BOD 15 steps, really helping them to understand not only what they want us to know, but what we want them to know about what it means to be a client of this firm. So that's an important piece of the intake process too, is the education. It really is. And I'm not the best person to do that because I'm usually overworked and overwhelmed and, and not focused. Um, and, and also, I'm not the best person to, um, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? 
I don't want to, I might come at that um, potential client as feeling sort of desperate because I really want the job. And I know one person, once removed, it's going to be easier for you to objectively identify whether or not this is a good fit. And even say, you know, well, you know, I, you know, we're assessing, we're assessing whether or not this is the right project for our office. Yes. And that's how we start off the call, letting them know that we want to learn more about their project and that we want to share about um, our firm's process. And that at the end of the call, if we would like, if we mutually feel that it's a good fit, then we would love to move forward with a consultation. And if it's not a great fit, that's okay. Um, You know, saying no to non, saying yes to non-ideal projects is super expensive. Um, because in it, it, it's, it's the mint, it's expensive mentally. A lot of the times it's, it's not necessarily just the budget, but you know, you have, um, you know, you have this anguish when you're, when you're working with a client, that's not a great fit. And so, um, it's important for us to really get a good sense of if they, if the project, not only the budget, but if the, the project and the people, um, it makes sense for the firm. And, um, and that, that, that leads to higher conversions when the consultation happens because we've really identified that this is an ideal client ahead of time. And so the client's time and the designer's time isn't wasted. Well, and it's also, I've seen with my own eyes, the wrong client or bad fit client can also demoralize everyone in the office. Mm, it can just make yeah. everyone feel low and lack energy. And um, it's quite crippling to the office. So it's, as you said, it's not just about the budget and it's not even just about the, you know, principal. There are other mm-hmm. people involved. Your suppliers are mm-hmm. impacted by a client who's challenging. We had this one client, we used to call her the Contessa, and she would like put her hand on her forehead like she was on a fainting sofa and just <laughs> the smallest thing would go wrong. And there was so much drama. And I thought, I'm never going to be in a situation like that again, where there's that much drama going on, or at least I'm not going to buy into it, <laughs> you know, because yeah, it's yeah. hard to tell sometimes. It is. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just important. If you think about referrals, right, when you give a referral, you want to have complete confidence that the person that you're referring will take care of them, but you also want to have confidence that the person that is receiving the service will be a good client. Um, and that's what we help to identify during those discovery calls is, are they a good fit as, as a person in this, in this partnership? What I love about what's happening here with our partnership is now you're speaking to lots of interior designers. And so you're getting a firsthand look into lots of different businesses all over the country. And you're able to kind of provide insights to everyone about what you're hearing from one end of the country to the next. And Mm -hmm. I suspect there are some common denominators that are starting to appear for you. Are there certain red flags that everybody kind of agrees to watch for and look out for? Oh, you're going to have to hold it right there to hear Portia's answer. And now a word from our sponsors at Daniel House Club. Hey, you design pro, I've got a few questions for you. Are you feeling overwhelmed by countless vendor logins? 
sourcing from too many links, and tracking order statuses across multiple projects? Well, Daniel House Club is here to help. Because they're founded by designers like you and have faced the same issues you do, they work to offer the most streamlined process to manage your projects, orders, and delivery statuses all in one place with one login. Daniel House Club is redefining the design business with the industry's lowest trade pricing and flat rate shipping across top vendors like iColts, Theodore Alexander, Curry & Co., Forehands, and more. Discover a better way to take control of your business with Daniel House Club. Join as a Pro Plus member today and get 50% off your membership at danielhouse.club backslash BOD. With proven experience, Daniel House Club has strategies in place to serve design teams of every size so you can take control of your business. Okay, now back to those client intake red flags. Some of the red flags that we identify are when people, their, their reaction to the process and how hasty they are and wanting their design complete. Um, and if they understand the timeline, that's really, really important. If they want the design done tomorrow, then they're not a good fit because it is a process and and designers provide a professional expertise service. And it's important that clients have a respect for that and they can tailor their expectations to what the process, what the process entails and that they can be patient throughout that. Um, I think also focusing too, too much on budget or if, if it seems like a real, real stretch for them, um, I think that can be a red flag. Maybe a, maybe a design firm has a $75,000 limit and, or excuse me, a $75,000 minimum and the clients, like $75,000 is the very max that they can spend and that doesn't even just include design fees. So thinking about budget like that um, can be a red flag. And um, also how involved they want to be during, during the process. I think helping to understand that if they, if they will be trusting to the designer and their expertise, or if they want someone to just do what they say and not, and not let the designer be a designer. If they, if they already have, if they already like figure, feel like they've have it all figured out and they just need somebody to come in and do it, that's a red flag. We want people that are open and honest and trusting and can, you know, let go of the reins and let the designer um, and their team and their trades take it off of their plate. You know, that's what luxury um, turnkey design is about is really providing a stress-free experience for the client. And if the client can't let go enough to enable them to do that, then that, then that's not going to be a good fit. I can tell by your language that you customize the conversation depending on the designer that you're working for. And there's a yes. podcast coming up. Um, it's either, I'm not sure if he's airing before or after your his good friend of mine, Eric McClellan. He's a fantastic interior designer. 
He loves collaboration. So he actually brings his clients to his office and they sort through the fabric samples and make some decisions together. That is my worst nightmare. I don't really want to collaborate. (laughs) I want the client to be too busy and just Mm -hmm. turn the project over to me. And I'm even getting to the point where, and I said this to Eric as well, I'll say things like, I've picked a wallpaper. I don't really want to show it to you because it's bold and I want you to just trust me. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes they'll say, okay, I trust you. Let's do it. And so far it hasn't gone wrong, but... um, I suspect that you have to get to know the clients you work for so you can best manage their intake process. And not every intake process is going to be exactly the same, or at least it's going to be the same, but you're not looking for the same things. Yes. Um, the, we, our clients span all over the U.S. and into Canada and Australia, and there are different buyer moods and their nuances to each different market. The consultation pricing is different based on where you're at in the country. Um, The psychology of how people make purchasing decisions and hire service providers is different depending on where you are. So um, as a part of our onboarding process, we have a lot of conversations um, with our clients about what is unique and special and valuable about their firm and the ideal zip codes they, that they'd like to work in and what kind of people are the best fit for them. Some are empty nesters. Some are super busy professionals. Some are younger professionals that have more disposable income. Some focus on families and functionality And so it is important for us to understand and be able to speak the language of our, of our designers. And it, it helps through those, it helps us to have those conversations, but then also, you know, when we, if clients have like a welcome packet or we really pour over their collateral to make sure we understand what their voice is and how they approach projects because that helps us in those conversations to determine fit, but then also to um, just understand better the type of experience that that potential client could have with them. Really, really interesting stuff. And everybody come out to uh, Business of Design Live, the March event. You'll see Portia as live as we can be most days, which means virtually. Uh, And I look forward to really hanging out with you in Dallas. So uh, that's going to be fun. I got to go see my girlfriend. Um, We end every episode, you know, with design intervention. Anything come to mind for our community? Okay. So um, my design intervention is, um, for this episode, I think is to always prepare for growth. Um, Sometimes you have to bring on additional staff before you have projects to keep them busy. Um, And that could seem like it's backwards, but it really, taking that approach helps you be able to prepare properly and train them and onboard your team so that when new projects do come, they feel confident and they feel like they are prepared to really exceed expectations. Um, It helps you be able to expand your capacity when new opportunities come because it's kind of like a, it's like feast or famine in business. 
you know, it can be super slow. And then all of a sudden you have all of these things going on. And so if you have the team in place and you have, um, yourself prepared, your mindset prepared and your, your team prepared to take on that, um, that feast period, you, you'll be, you'll be off, uh, you'll be, you'll be ahead of the game. Such good advice as usual, everybody. Um, I know you're going to love working with Portia. Thank you for your time today. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again really soon. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you. Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life.